listening to me hallelujah and i would like you to also look at me uh, as much as you can all right so that we know that you are quite attentive in the service are you the way i said are you okay or do you want to face me do you like to face me do you like to face me okay the way you are i'm asking a question can you answer me are you okay the way you are you would like to face me all right no problem thank you very much so i'm going to be speaking on um change change hallelujah we thank you father right so when you check throughout the scriptures you realize that uh, every time let me just use this microphone we see we see jesus uh, every time and every time he goes through when you see the bible when you go to the bible when you read the whole bible you see that jesus christ or god himself when there is a dark situation when there is a dark moment when the place is dark he moves around to say let there be light are you here where we even see the book of genesis chapter 1 the verse 2 and the verse 3 where the lord said let there be light all right but there comes a time in the, in the life of man where jesus or god himself doesn't also say let there be light to a situation but he says let there be light in the life of a person so he said let there be light let there be light are you with me please say, let there be light and this light he is saying is coming to a particular person a personality so jesus doesn't only speak to or god doesn't only speak to a dark situation or a problem but he equally speaks to you in your dark moment in your moment where you are confused in your moment where you have you have nothing to do you don't know what the next step should be jesus or god himself speaks to you as a person in that dark moment are you here so he's not only known for speaking to that situation but he's equally known for speaking to you are you here now bible says in the book of genesis chapter one if i'm saying here you can respond to me are you here yes yeah. all right bible says in the book of genesis chapter one the verse one of uh, in the beginning was the word and in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth are you here are you here yes. so in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and the verse two that the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the surface of the deep and Bible again went ahead and the holy spirit hovered upon the surface of the deep and then he said let there be light and Bible said there was light and he saw that light was good so let it let the light let the day be separated from the evening now watch this when the heavens and earth was created bible said that it was without form and void and then darkness covered the surface of this thing so the earth was without form and it was void now the earth according to science is made up of 71 percent of water according to science the earth is made up of 71 percent of water and again the human body is equally made up of 71 percent of water so here we see the human body your body right now is a typology of an egg are you here because even your body was made out of the dust of the earth so if the earth is made up of 71 percent of water and our human body is equally made up of that same percentage of water then we can equate the earth to our human body so we can say that our human body is the egg are you here then when he saw that the earth was without form and void now in this state you being an egg your body being an egg being 
without form and void. You are in a state of confusion. Maybe you could be in a problem right now. You could be um, depressed right now. You could be in a place where you don't even know your left to right. You don't know the next step to take. You know, you're not even sure. You, you see, so many of you said you want to marry at the age of 23. But it, right now, it looks as though you don't know what, what the next step may be. So that is you. You, on earth, you your earth, you. The human body being the earth, being without form and void. You, the human body, being confused. Are you here? And then darkness covered the surface of the deep. Which is you, which darkness has covered. Which some of you are your darkest moment that you could ever be. <laughs> and then we see God coming. That he said that let there be light in that darkness. So, as much as we might not have God physically here, God has equally sent me to speak light into that darkness. Why are you here at all? So I want you to see me right now as though God is the one speaking to you directly. Because God appeared on the scene and the Spirit of the Lord hovered on the surface of the earth. He 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 was able to measure. He, was, he, he, he went to the earth to see the tenacity or the, the level of the darkness on the earth before he said let there be light. He examined the situation on earth before he said let there be light. And as you are gathered here right now, the Lord has already examined your situation. The Lord has examined your problem. And that's how come he has drawn you here. You did not come because maybe I invited you or someone invited you. It is because the Lord has examined your situation and he has called you forth. Because scripture says that no one comes to the Father except my Father draws him closer. Are you here? So the reason why you are here at this moment is because the Lord himself has drawn you closer to me. So that you could receive light. And even as you receive light, light brings about change. Are you here? And I'm speaking to you today about change. And not the light that the Lord has brought today. My goodness. And anytime we see light appearing, what do we see? We see insecurity giving way. We see peace coming home. We see a lot of massive change anytime there is light. We even have directions when there is light. Imagine a guy going to escort a lady in darkness. And when he is done escorting the lady in darkness and he is coming back, what happens? And he runs. He runs back. Maybe another guy. Guys, no. <laughs> Why? Because he is running back in darkness. And in that darkness, he is unsure. He is uncertain of what is in that darkness. So he runs. Though he was walking majestically with a girl in that darkness. When he is coming back alone, he is scared. So he is running back. Now, again, so every time light comes, those uncertainty gives way, and then there is direction. Are you with me? And then there is peace. The guy is of peace of mind, and he doesn't need to fear or run. So he just moves. And again, every time there is light out in Ghana, we, where we reside currently, and then light comes on. What do we see people do? Yeah, light novel. What? Light novel. And they are happy because light has come. And every time light comes, there is joy. Oh, are you with me? Yes, sure. So I have come to set the light of God in your hearts. Amen. So that you may be able to laugh again. Amen. Some of you, it's been long you laugh. It's been long you laugh genuinely. Let me say it like that. Genuinely. Some of you, you, you are fond of giving fake laughter. Or fake smiles. You see, you are in a situation that you are in a company of people. And they are saying something that is funny, but to you it's not funny, but you have to act like it's funny. You've been there before, right? And some of you are even still there. Where a, a company of people are saying something.
it, and it sounds funny to everyone, but to you, it doesn't sound funny because of what? The, what you are going through, Master. So you have to fake the smile, you have to fake the laughter. But this thing that is coming to you today, you don't have to fake any laughter. My goodness. It, it shouldn't surprise you what service is going on, what teaching is going on. You begin to see people laugh just like that. Because joy is being set in their heart. I'm still ministering on the note change. Now, when we touch two scriptures, you remember God created the heavens and the earth and everything was created, blah, 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 blah. And then in the, on the seed day, we hear God say that a man was created on the seed day. Do we all agree? Do we all know that? Do we all know that man was created on the seed day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Adam was created on the seed day or man was created on the seed day. I want you to follow me carefully with this and jot some things down also. So as as much as man was created on the seed day, when man was created, he was placed in a garden. Are you here? Man was placed in a garden and in this garden, no one has ever used the garden before. Because when everything was created, man was not in existence. And the first man was placed in that garden, which is the garden of Aden. And then he began overseeing everything. God said, uh, take dominion over everything, over the fishes of the earth, the birds of the sky. And then he gave him a charge that he may multiply, that multiply, replenish the earth. Are you here? Please. I'm, I'm moving somewhere. Okay. Now, we saw all these things happen. But before God created man, you realize that God had already put things in place. He placed the fishes in the sea, the birds in the sky, the trees to provide fruits and food and all that. So, man was already fortified. He was he was already fulfilled. Like He came to meet like Abinadab. You understand? You know Abinadab like girls when you say Abinadab. You understand? So, Adam came to meet Abinadab. Are you here? So, there was no sense of lack for Adam. There was no sense of need for Adam. There was only a sense of fulfillment, a sense of an achievement, a, a, a high self-esteem for Adam. That's what Adam came to meet. Adam came to meet fulfillment. Adam came to meet achievement. So, there is no way Adam will say he's hungry because even if he feels like he's hungry, there is food already provided. Oh, I hear. And anytime Adam even thinks of needing something, it's already there, so it's not like he needs. You can only say you need something when the thing is not there presently. So it is, it is going to be some way for Adam to say that he needs a fruit. He doesn't need because it's already there. He only needs to go and pluck it. Are you here? So I want you to understand that Adam came to me. I'm already made stuff. So he doesn't need anything. He was only fulfilled. He had his own self-esteem. But watch this. It even got to a point where even God himself had to choose a wife for Adam. God himself had to make a woman out of Adam. But when Adam was created, Adam himself did not know that he needed a woman. When God created Adam, Adam was okay. It wasn't Adam that told God that I want a woman. I need someone by me. When Adam was created, Adam was okay. He did not even see any need for a woman but guess what when the woman was made out of adam from his rib the scripture said that adam said this is the bone of my bone and this is the flesh of my flesh 
Before he even said, this is the bone of my body, the flesh of my flesh. This is good. Before that, God already, God saw that he needed a, man, a woman. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, the verse 18. And God saw that it's not good for man to be alone. And that he made him a helpmate. So it was God. One thing I wanted to, want to listen to me carefully. It was God that saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. It wasn't Adam that saw. Because Adam was already in a place where he was already fulfilled. He needed nothing. He didn't have any sense of need. So for him, he's okay. He's settled. Are you here? Oh, are you here? Are you following? Am I too fast? Okay. So Adam was already fulfilled. He was okay. Until Satan set in. And when Satan came to the scene, what then did Satan do? He began, he began to lead them, he began to deceive them, to partake of the, the, the tree, the forbidden tree, and its fruit. And then, they partook of it, and then suddenly their eyes opened. When their eyes were opened, it simply means that their consciousness was open to a need. They suddenly felt like they needed something. They suddenly felt like, as a way new, way new. And suddenly we saw the Bible said, and then they began to make fig trees for themselves to cover their nakedness. And my problem here is that so at first they did not know they were naked. Until they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And then they knew that they were naked. Genesis 3, verse 18. Can we read it, please? Genesis 3, verse 18. So before then, Adam and Eve went okay. They didn't need to make any clothing, they didn't need to make any apron to cover themselves, to cover their nakedness. They were okay. Let's read Genesis 3, verse 18. Uh huh. Genesis 3, verse 
were just okay. But it came to a point after they, had, they were light too and they partook of that fruit, then they knew that no, I needed something, I needed a material thing. See, they didn't just say, I need the presence of God. The need that came to them was first of all the need for material things. Are you here? So the material thing they went for was clothing. So suddenly their eyes, their conscience was open to the need for material things. As some of you have your conscience open for material things. Now scriptures are seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be what? Now what we are doing as Christians now is seeking after that which must be added. Which is the wrong thing. Because these things we are seeking after which is the material things we are not supposed to actually seek after them. But we are actually supposed to seek after God, his kingdom and those things which we are after are actually supposed to be added. It's a bonus. So we are veering from the code, the principle. And that's how come things are not happening for us. And that's the fallen nature. The fallen nature of man is to the material things rather than seek after the price of God. Are you here? So, man had fallen. Their eyes were open to the need for material things, which is not supposed to be so. Then, what then must happen to take man from the fallen nature? Jesus had to come to the scene. Are you here? And most of you know the story about the death of Jesus. I don't want to talk about the death of that. I want to give you some keynotes, some key things that happened. Man of God, are you really behind the thing? I want to give you some keynotes about what Jesus did to bring about the restoration. Which some of us are not still working in the restoration of God. Now, when Jesus came, he was born, his crucifixion also came. Now, between the time that Jesus' crucifixion started to his death on the cross, it took six hours. The book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 makes us understand that. Now, I want you to take this thing very seriously. I'm not going to preach about the end times when you see 666. So, we, we see the first Adam being created on what? The seed day. And then we see Jesus Christ himself his crucifixion took six hours between the hours of 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. according to the book of Matthew 27 verse 45 the, when you read from the first verse downwards you see it you, but the, the 45 will tell you about the 3 p.m. which is to say that the ninth hour alright but when you calculate from the, the verse 1 downwards you see that it was six hours between, the, between 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. so between the time Jesus Christ his crucifixion process Began to when he gave up the ghost on the cross, it took six hours. Why? The first Adam became a living soul, was created on the same day. And the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ, for him to bring life on earth, he had to also do something that is quite symbolic to the number six. Okay, now let's move on. Now, when before man was created, right? Before man will be created, it took three entities to create man. I want to see. See, this things happen, and we just read a scripture, and we don't really know 
And we don't even put importance to numbers. Numbers are very important. Okay. So then, it took three entities to create man. It took uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are you here? He said that, let us create man in our own image. Then let us, it's a plural, U.S. plural, which is God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. So it took three entities to create man, right? Right? Okay. And again, it took three people for God to be betrayed and man to be fallen. It took Satan, it took Eve, and it took Adam. Okay, so let's go to three. Alright, so number three. It took three entities for man to be created. It took, again, three people for man to fall or betray God. Are you here? Then there is a need for something big to happen to bring restoration onto man. And that's how come when Jesus died in the tomb and he had to rise up or to be risen from the dead, he had to rise up on the third day. Because he couldn't have risen up on the fourth day when it took three for him for the first man to be created. When it took it took three entities for the first man to be created. Yeah? So if Jesus is going to die and resurrect with a different body or a new spirit and teach us the life we should live on earth, then there is a need for him to also go through that process. He needed to be reprogrammed. It's like you have an iPhone and you have to update the iOS. They don't bring you a different uh, software to, 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 to operate that phone. They give you that same software, but an upgrade of that software, and it's still called iOS. So for okay, for hundred people, it's still called Android. All right. So when you have the iOS, it doesn't change. There's just an upgrade. So let's assume Adam is a phone being programmed with the number three. So if Jesus being an upgrade, which is the second Adam, being an upgrade of the first Adam, we have iPhone five. We even have iPhone 4, right? Okay, we have iPhone 5, we have iPhone 6, right? Are you here? Thank you. So we have iPhone 5, we have iPhone 6, what of you? So we have 1, 2, 3, 4, we have, we have 11 Pro, whatever it is. We have an upgrade, right? So somewhere Jesus is an upgrade of Adam. And if he's coming, he must come to that same program, which is the number 3. Are you here? Do you understand what I'm saying? And he came. And when he died, he had to resort on the third day. And if Adam was made by three entities and man fell by three entities, then man must also resort to a stage of restoration by three. So the number three equally represents the number change and restoration. Are you here? The number three represents the number represent change and restoration. And what did Jesus Christ come to do with the number three? He restored the man back to his original position of being fulfilled and not in any sense of need not in any sense of lack not in any sense of depression not in any sense of confusion but he restored the man into a place when man is fulfilled when man has reached a place of achievement now I want to, look, I want, I want to show you something right now the book of uh, John 19 verse 41 let's see where Jesus Christ was being placed in a tomb then you will understand why a restoration had happened and many of you are still working in the fallen nature instead of you working in the new nature 
and be dominant. Let's look at it. John 19, verse 41. Uh huh. No. Watch this. Watch this. When you read the account of Matthew, Mark, we don't see them mention the garden per se, but John gives us an account about when Jesus was being buried. You see, when we see the scripture, we say, uh, Jesus was being buried in a tomb. And we just read that. But see here, Jesus was sent into a tomb. Yes, alright. But the tomb where Jesus was sent to was a garden. And it goes ahead to say something that happened also with Adam. Move on, please. And in the garden, a new tomb. A new what? Tomb. A new what? It wasn't just a tomb that Jesus was placed in. It was what? It was what? Where was Adam placed? Where was Adam placed? Come on, where was Adam placed? So no one had ever used the Garden of Eden. It was a new garden that Adam was being placed. And even Adam had to even, in a way, be put to sleep for Eve to come out. Now, Jesus again was placed in a garden, a typology of the Garden of Eden. And then that garden again, in that garden was a new tomb. My goodness. If I was somewhere, I would have come by now. People need to learn how to celebrate the wisdom of your man of God. Because if I'm outside preaching this message, even before I even talk, you're already up. Just celebrate it <laughs> Now, Jesus was placed in a new tomb in a garden. Adam was equally found in a garden, which is a new garden. No one has ever been there. He was the first person to be there. And Jesus was, do you think it was just a coincidence that Jesus will be placed in a tomb where it's a garden and no one has used the place before? You think it was just a coincidence? You think it was just something that just happened? So you just read the Bible and Jesus was being placed in a tomb. No. He, he did all those things, the six, the three, and the tomb to bring man into a restoration the same place that man fell was the same place jesus had to rise up from to give us a new life such that we will not fear from the right cause and not be seeking after the material things which we are seeking after where people you see siblings killing siblings you see friends killing friends you, you see a lot of things going on just because man wants to fulfill or to get material things for iPhone 11, people kill themselves. Yes. When it's not supposed to be so. Oh, are you here with me? So, as much as we are supposed to live into in the restored life that Christ has brought to us, many people are living in the fallen nature, which is the nature of seeking, the nature of going after the material things, which is not supposed to be so. So, people sleep with others for rent. They sleep with others for fun. They, they go still, they play bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they go still, they, they, they have to lie on someone in order to gain favor. But in the garden initially, that wasn't so. Man did not see that he needed anything. He, everything was provided for man. So if Jesus Christ came to die for you and I, 
and he made all this symbolic stuff and still rose up on the dead day in a new tomb then we have come to a place of restoration and there is no need for us to kill someone to be rich we are already rich in our nature first corinthians chapter 3 verse 21 let's read it please he said that all things are ours so we must come to the knowledge of the fact that all things are ours now if not we will still be in need and we still lack as you are sitting there you don't like anything are you here my goodness can you read for me first corinthians 3 21 to 22 listen very carefully so let no one exalt proudly concerning men uh-huh. for all things are yours for what all things are yours church for what all things are yours. No, say for all things are mine. For what? All things are mine. All right. So then move on to the twenty-two. Whether Paul or Apollos, uh huh, or Cephas, uh huh, or the universe or life or death, uh huh, or the immediate and threatening presence or uh huh, so so the immediate present circumstance you are in that it's pressing you up or the subsequent one or the subsequent problem that are coming up in the future he still said what all right come on you. he said the life you are living currently all right rich you are living in uncertainty you are living in pain you are living in shock you are living unsure about your life he said in the present circumstance you are finding yourself in and even the ones to even come i tell you my sons and daughters that all things are yours so that if all things be yours why then cry it will shock you that you see bible says that uh, for my sons and daughters they perish because of what lack of what knowledge. lack of what knowledge so the reason why they are perishing is because of knowledge that they do not have because they lack it but it's not because they lack power it's not because my sons and daughters lack authority it's not because my sons and daughters lack creativity it's not because my sons and daughters do not have helpers it's not because my sons and daughters do not have ministering angels ministering to them but it is because they lack the knowledge of what they have like you why you are crying at a place where you are not supposed to be crying like if you have this if you have this knowledge you will know you shouldn't have even dropped out of school if you have this knowledge you will know someone who died in the family shouldn't have died because you possess that power to heal the person but because you lack that knowledge you are unsure of where you are you are uncertain of where you are you are even unsure about your tomorrow when scripture says that even in that present circumstance and even about tomorrow all things are mine so in your current state all things are yours but you must come to a realization and agreement of it like no matter whatever i'm going through no matter whatever i'm facing currently all things are mine tell neighbor all things are mine all things are mine all things are mine all things are mine come on say it boldly all things are mine all things are mine so then one day satan introduced uh, and came to jesus christ after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he took him to a mountain peak and he told him listen look at the kingdoms of the world and i will give you the powers thereof <laughs> he showed him the kingdom he showed he showed god the creation of the universe satan showed him that i will give you this thing 
And Jesus looked at him and said, all things are mine. <laughs> so, in light of this, Satan can equally make you go to the voodoo, to, 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 to go for money, you know. But when actually you're supposed to go there and tell them, all things are mine. Mm. Oh my goodness. You are, you are actually going to a helper and who is supposed to actually help you but you are the one crying and weeping and you are begging instead of going and saying all oh, things are my giving you are my helper <laughs> again you might not be able to go to your helper in that direction because it might seem like you are being disrespectful so what do you do before you go to the helper you speak in your corner before you go to the helper so your helper cannot restrain his hands from you because you have spoken in your secret he is at a liberty he, there is a force that will control and make him give you. Some of you don't do that, so you go to your helper. You say, Tomorrow come. Tomorrow come. And you keep tossing till till. Because you did not make a declaration and you've not come to a realization that all things are yours. That's some of the national service people. Right now, some of you don't even know why they are doing their own. And they go, they said, Go for reposting. Go for reposting. Go. Without them knowing that all things are mine. My goodness. One day, one of our, 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 our ministers, when we were going to have our national service, by then our badge, and then she had gone gas. Oh my goodness. And then she knew no one there, and they were not picking people there. And she was going for the account department. And they said, Bishop, many protocol, protocol, one hole. I said, Listen, don't get me bored. Don't you know you're an Iamite? Have you not been listening to my messages? God is your protocol. Go! I tell you. The lady, when she had a job, she was, my goodness. She was picked for. She was, she was picked for the service, alright? And then she was the only one picked after service to work there at the place in the account department because God is a protocol. I don't want to say some beneficial with him to the point where she even met the late vice president. On her birthday, they surprised her. The, 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 the company surprised her on her birthday with the appearance of the vice president of Ghana. My goodness. <laughs> Just because she came to a knowledge of the fact that God is her protocol. She doesn't need any brown envelope to go. Like some of you, you know, if my father was Dango, then he went full. You don't need Dango Day. You have God who is your father. You have all things. And Dango Day has come to a point of realizing that which God has given unto him. And he's flourishing in that field. What about you? God said, even in the challenges today and the challenges to come, Still, all things are yours. In the reality of man, it might seem like all things are not yours, but still, all things are yours. And this shouldn't make you fear of the will of God for your life. This shouldn't make you fear of and still start sinning. This shouldn't prevent you from coming to church. Like how for some people, it's common for them not to come to church because Corona. When they have to come to understand that all things are mine, including health, divine health. You come and go, you come and go. How many have contacted that thing? It can never happen here because even here we know. Sickness is not issue. What have you seen us here? Struggling with a demon here. My goodness. My goodness. What was the last time I said? What was the last time you saw me? Eh? Say that let's surround this way. Let's pray for this person. Out! Prayer! Out! No! What do we do? Out and it's gone because we have come to a realization of who we are in God. Even for you, prayer. Sometimes many of you feel that when a prayer is long 
and loud. That's why it's powerful. So when I say in the name of Jesus, go, we thank you, Father, for doing this miracle. Go, it is done. And then you're going like, Bishop, and I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going like, Bishop, we didn't pray about this. We didn't pray about this. Because you came with plenty prayer points to Bishop. And Bishop said, Father, we thank you for an answer prayer. We thank you for doing this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like, ah, Bishop, man. So all the things that I said, he just came to say, we have come to a realization of who we are. And when we say it, before you even walk out of the place that we met you, it's already done. Goodness. So there is no need for you to go back to sin simply because some things are not met in your life. I don't know what you are in. I don't know if you are veering from the will of God for your life. You have stopped doing some things you used to do. I even ask yourself currently, how is your Christian life? How, who are you right now? Are you the same person you used to be when you became a Christian? Or because of that, a problem came up, a problem showed up, and you are beginning to, 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 to argue about the existence of God. You are beginning to doubt the existence of God even in your life right now. I was listening to a son yesterday, he said he was asking God, why me, why me, why me? But in the midst of those questions, we can ask God questions, yes, fine, but we should not allow the enemy makes make us deviate from the will of God for our life. Are you here? See, we, let no one lie to you. Let no Ghanaian lie to you. But you can't ask God questions and when you ask him, you get mad. No, it's a lie. You are liable. You, you, you are permitted to ask God questions. And God is equally permitted to grant you access to answers to those questions you are, ask, you are asking him. But what you are not permitted to do is move from the will of God for your life. You are not permitted to change in a negative direction. When you got born again, you used to speak in tongues for an hour. For 13 minutes, for 6 hours, you can lock yourself and then you are on the floor. Father, I thank you. I give a praise. And you are interceding for people. You are praying for your man of God. You are praying for the sick when you don't even know them. Right now, how many even, how many minutes do you pray? Don't sleep in the hour. How many minutes do you pray? The day you got born again, you were so eager in reading the Bible, you wanted to know. You even told yourself you will read the Bible this year, you read the whole Bible. Where are you now? Some people were doing Bible challenge, read the whole Bible challenge. Where are they now? Are you still the same person when you got born again? Ask yourself that question. When God has placed you into a place of restoration, a place where the fallen man is of no use anymore, a place where you are a new creation now, where all things are yours, but you are still working in the old man. The old man of need, the old man of a sense of lack. And because of that, you are moving from the will of God. Ask yourself, are you still the same person God has made you? Are you still the same person when you got born again? Are you still the same person who used to fall under the power of God, but now you are already in service? Now when you go to church programs, you want to open your eyes and see who is around falling. And when, after the service is done, you will laugh at it. We talk from say. We talk from now, oh yes, say, oh yes, say, oh yes, say. Now only. So what that mean? So, at first you used to fall under the power of God. Now you are the one laughing at people who are falling under the power of God. At first you used to pray in tongues. But now you are the one laughing at people who pray in tongues. Why have you changed? Ask someone, why have you changed? Why have you changed? Why? 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 You can't even shake your body in church. But at first you were the one vibrant. Even before they say praises, you did already change, Jama. But why have you changed? You are the one who will have to even be in church before worship starts. But now you even come in when Bishop is preaching. Why have you changed? Why have you changed for the negative? Why? 
And when you have a meeting with God, you said, I'm going to pray at 9 a.m. And then you get your prayer closet at 10 a.m. Why have you changed? You tell yourself today, I promise I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. And then you pray for 5 minutes, my prayer. Why have you changed? Why is your prayer life now going down? When is actually supposed to be going up? Why? Why have you changed? When your faith is supposed to be what is supposed to be increasing, rather your, your fear is what is increasing. Why have you changed? Ask your neighbor, why have you changed? Why? You want to get closer to God, you want to know God, but you don't want to stop certain things. You, Father, I need more of you. I surrender all to you, but you don't want to stop masturbating. Father, I want more of you. I need you all. I surrender all to you. But you don't want to stop smoking. You don't want to stop drinking. Why have you changed? Why? And these things might sound quite funny to, 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 to some extent, but you know, as much as we keep saying that God is coming soon, God is coming a second time, have you not forgotten that that is still happening? And then you might not even get to see God come, but you might get to, you might get God seeing you come. In other words, there might there might be obituary. So instead of we seeing that you are seeing the second coming of Christ, you are Christ actually seeing you, your second coming. <laughs> yeah. See, we are not thinking about our second coming to Christ, but we are thinking about Christ's second coming. I was saying yesterday, kids are dying, kids are dying. no more adults, eh? No more kids, young people, youths are dying. Whilst others are waiting for the second coming of Christ, others are already going to Christ. But when that happens, where would thou be? And if God asks you a question, why have you changed? What then will be your answer? 